and welcome to Daughters Who Dare. Join me, Erin, your host, and my lovely guest as we dive deep into what it means to be a child of a narcissistic parent. While each episode covers a different subject, know that every episode will be crammed with honesty, humor, and hope. So sit back and relax. Let's do this. So today I'm joined by my lovely guest, Beth. Hi. Once again. (laughs) We tend to be on this sofa a lot of times together. (laughs) As you know, I have always been someone who pays attention to detail. And at times that can be a blessing. And at other times it can be a curse. Oh, yeah. And I'll give you an example. This is probably the curse one. The other evening I was relaxing on the sofa and out of the corner of my eye, I looked up and saw something on the ceiling and it was a tiny water stain from the main bathroom right above it. And of course I'm sitting there totally oblivious to now what is on the television, who's in the room with me, how many cats are diving on me because all I could focus on was when did that get there? And I haven't noticed that before. And from then on, I lost count of the times that I looked up there staring at that spot as if I'm going to see some dramatic change, like as if from this tiny little spot, the bathtub's going to like fall through onto the (laughs) sofa. So not only do I see things like that, I become fixated on them. Almost impossible to unsee it. And that brings me to really what this episode is about, because a very similar thing tends to happen to a child of a narcissist. It's not a conscious choice. Just like when I'm lying on that sofa and find myself looking up at that ceiling every few seconds, it's not that I'm sitting there thinking, oh, I need to keep an eye on that. I need to keep an eye on that. It's, it's not a conscious choice. I just do it. And the same with being a child of a narcissist. It's not like all of a sudden I have this ta-da moment of, mm-hmm. oh my goodness, my mother or my parent is a narcissist. It's almost like an awakening over time or a gradual unveiling or unraveling. Would you yeah, agree with that? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I think others might try to help you. Like I'm just thinking of certain more so teachers than friends, if I'm being honest, through my younger years, who probably tried to help me in a kind, (laughs) roundabout way, Mm -hmm. tried to help me see it. But you need to see it for yourself. Yeah. This is the bottom line. Like, this is something that someone could literally color with neon paint, bold letters, have billboards everywhere to point directly to you as if this is going to help you see it. But none of that matters because Mm -hmm. the bottom line is as the child, you need to see it for yourself. Mm -hmm. And it just makes me think of this dear friend of mine that I've known for over 10 years. And, you know, we would share stories as you do. And I began to notice many similarities between us The main one being that her mother was also the queen of body shaming, uh, Uh, belittling remarks. mm -hmm. One of my favorite, the passive aggressive remarks and comments (laughs) and the unnecessary negativity. And in the beginning of our friendship, I chose to listen. And that was enough Mm -hmm. because 
I understood and could empathize with her, but I also was very aware and sensitive to the fact that I didn't want to start throwing around buzzwords in the early days. Because that just doesn't help. Exactly. And I think it's also... Because the words, we, we're used to saying them. You know, like we've been talking about it a lot and we're used to using the words. And being they're to fa- therapy about yeah, it. Yeah, and they're know. familiar to us. Yeah. But I think when you start saying, especially when it's a parent, if someone that you've only known for a short period of time starts throwing around these words, just like we probably did as children, yeah, you become defensive. Like you're oh, talking about my mom, always. You know, like that's still my mom. How dare you say that she's A, B, and C? And yeah. I think you have to come to that realization yourself. You don't need people throwing it at you. I don't care what age you are. No. I don't care what age you are. It's a very, very sensitive thing to use those kind of words in a normal conversation, just Mm -hmm. in a regular conversation. I mean, I was there for her. I still am there for her, but I, I knew that basically in the beginning of our friendship, it was more the fact that she needed to rant or to let off steam or just to be upset. Yeah. You know, like I wasn't there to solve the problems. I wasn't there to be the enlightener. But you held uh, space. For yeah, it. exactly. Yeah. And I love that term. You know, mm-hmm. I I just that is one of my favorite sayings is like the holding space because for somebody. Because you do. You are yeah. great at doing that for people. Oh, I thank you. But yeah. I but I think with her it was more important that I listened. It was yeah. more important in the early stages that she just knew I understood mm-hmm. and, and that I was there for her. Which means a lot. Yeah. It means so much. Because yeah. I know every time it's happened for me, at whatever stage, it, it has been one of the biggest comforts just to be able to talk stuff through. Yeah. And I think as the years went by and our friendship deepened, mm-hmm. I could hear her becoming stronger and more aware And it's almost like I could, I don't know, I was aware or sensitive to the fact that I thought, you know what, maybe she's ready to just go that big deeper. Maybe it's time that I do start, you know, because I do see it, Beth, like I just feel like I have over the many years I've been walking this earth, Mm -hmm. I have learned a lot and gained a lot of wisdom. And to me, what's the point of me holding on to it? Of course, I want to share it with other people 100%. to help them navigate through. And to heal from the shit that's yeah. happened to them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I began to say things like, and I think this is important for anybody listening. <laughs> if you are talking with somebody who is just at those beginning stages of identifying their parent as a narcissist, I would say things like, I know she's your mom. I know you love her. But, and I think that's important, you know, cause I, I have to keep using these phrases like, I'm not telling you that you shouldn't be loving your mom. I'm not telling you that you should end your relationship with your mom. That's not for me to say, to say or to choose or to define. But to provide that extra option of, look, I see this happening just so that you're aware, just so that you've got that extra piece of information so that you can make your decision with that in mind. Yeah, and I think, you know, identifying the fact she is your mom, I know you love her because we do, you know, like as a child, although I don't like 
anything of the way that my mother treated me, spoke to me, still ignores me or whatever. She's still my mom. You know, I can't deny that title. Like she did. No, she brought course. me into this yeah, world. Yeah. But so I bring out the big butt. <laughs> I feel like just singing. <laughs> I love big butts and I cannot lie. But it's not okay for her to speak to you like that. You need to start creating boundaries. Yeah. And I think when I use that three letter word after saying all those things like she is your mom, you still can love her. I could tell that something had definitely shifted in our conversations in a good way. Mm -hmm. Like in the sense that I felt comfortable. She was ready to hear the next phase of, you know, we went from I'm just listening to you might want to consider this. You might want to, I'm not, you know, putting anything on anybody but, I'm just saying this is something you yeah, might want to consider. And I'm sure it's the same for you, but I've been on both sides of that. I've been the person having to tell someone, look, you shouldn't be a trek this way. This isn't right. And to, it's it breaks my heart every single time to see someone actually realise and be like, oh my God, like I didn't know, had no idea. And I've been obviously on the other side of it too. It is equally as heartbreaking being told, oh, you didn't have to be treated like this. And you do. Like I know for a fact, I have been in situations where I have wanted to wave my magic wand, oh, making the person come to that realization much faster Yeah. because I can see how hurt they are Mm -hmm. how badly they're being treated yeah you know like i can see it all like as if i'm looking through the crystal ball and wizard of oz you know like i can (laughs) literally see what's happening and want to be able to say please let me be your glinda you know let Mm -hmm. me wave this magic wand and make it all better but having said that seeing somebody coming through to that stage oh it makes my heart smile in ways Mm -hmm. that I can't even put into words because like the next time we spoke after that whole next conversation, she told me that she had sent her mother a lengthy email and in it, she laid down her new ground rules for their relationship. She set healthy boundaries well, I could cry just God, thinking about it. the bravery in that. <laughs> I just was so incredibly, incredibly proud of her mm-hmm. because her eyes were beginning to open. Mm-hmm. And I think just like I said, I don't like watching people being treated badly by a narcissist to then see that same person realize that they deserve better, mm-hmm. that this isn't mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. Oh, Incredible enough. Oh, the, oh I just time. can't tell you. Every, it just makes me so proud of them mm-hmm. and happy for them. Yeah. For sure. And then just the other day, it just made me laugh. After all this pride and she's setting the boundaries, we've all been there. Mm-hmm. We have all flipping been there where we have sent that email or had that conversation and you're feeling so strong and so proud of yourself because you stood up to it. You realize you deserve better. And then bam, just the other day, she gives me yet another example recent yeah. of her mother's narcissistic behavior. Oh, because it doesn't stop no. with, oh, yeah. I've put boundaries down. Yeah. Just oh, because you're like, wouldn't that be lovely? I, like I've, I've named it. I've labeled her. She's a narcissist. And then you get to the next stage of look at me, go me. I'm so proud. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It doesn't. Yeah. You can't tell a narcissist yeah. or a narcissist. So <laughs> so don't like, ever do Therefore that. you need to stop your bad behavior. Yeah. It doesn't work like that. Mm-mm. But she's telling me things like the, 
I don't know what you're talking about. Mm. Oh, these phrases are just too stinking familiar. The good old crocodile tears. Oh, yes. Or the, why did you have to upset me like that? Oh, that one sets me off. Love it. (laughs) And then the, I'm not going to kiss you or hug you goodbye because you've offended me so greatly. Gosh, if all those aren't your stereotypical, find them in the dictionary of the definition of narcissistic comments, phrases, and tactics. Mm -hmm. I don't know what is. So like she finished telling me about this specific incident. Mm -hmm. And I just thought, you know what? We're going to next level now. We're going from listening. Big guns. Yeah, big guns. Get the <laughs> artillery out. It was like you go from just listening, which is fine and yeah. just right at the time. Then you go to the gentle nudge of just so you know, I know she's your mom, but. However. <laughs> yes. And then you go to the big guns. Yeah. And I just said to her, I'm sorry to be the one to tell you this, but once you see it, you can't unsee it. Once you identify a narcissist, the label sticks forever. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just makes me think of a pickle jar when you're trying to get the label off, like to use it for something else. And mm-hmm. I swear to God, you'd be sat there scratching it and break every nail in the process and you still can't get that freaking label off. And even if you do get off, there's still a lot of sticky, <laughs> horrible sticky stuff. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And that's literally what it feels like when you finally label that narcissist I don't, I don't care who you are or how good your nails are. It's not happening. It's just not happening. So no matter how much you wish it wasn't true, Mm -hmm. no matter how much you want a different mom, (laughs) (laughs) which I've wanted a lot. My childhood. I've dreamt of all the other ones. I've dreamt of them all. Oh, I got two of them. Yeah. And I still wanted, needed, had to have another one. Yeah. Talk about chosen mothers. Like they sit and talk about chosen families. I'm like, please, can I choose my mom? No, no such luck. No matter, you know, how much crying, screaming, ranting, whatever, you can't unsee it. Mm-mm. You just can't. And the irony is, like me with that water stain on the ceiling, I can so easily become fixated because when I look back, like so many more things make sense. Like that's just the kind of person I am. Mm-hmm. I fixate on stuff. I can look back, but I'm not like everybody. Like, you know, when I think about being a child of a narcissist, you tend to be that person who fixates. I don't care what your normal personality is. You might not be the water stain person, but the idea of fixating on the elements of having a narcissistic parent. Yet, if I asked my husband about that stain, he can look at me as though I have three heads. (laughs) He has like no idea what I'm talking about. We are literally sat in the same room, I might add. And I'm like, are you kidding me? It's like (laughs) right there. Like it's so obvious or not. And I think that's true in real life. Like, don't be surprised that this happens with the whole thing about the the parents and the children of narcissists, because literally you can be staring at them, pointing at them. And I'm talking about your narcissistic parent shouting, here she is. (laughs) And yet nobody else can seem to see them for what they are. And when I say that, I'm even talking about the other parent in many cases and other family members. Oh, always. But it's not always that they can't see it. Sometimes they do see it. And, you know, whether it's a you see it as a good or bad thing, they are protecting themselves because they do see it and they don't want to be treated the same way. They want to keep out of the firing line of the narcissist. Yeah. 
And I think that's what's hard, especially the other parent issue involved in that. Because yeah. I think as a child, I don't know whether it's where you read it or you hear about it, especially in school, I would imagine, or God in church or <laughs> whatever, RE yeah. lessons or whatever, that your parents are there to protect you, to keep you safe, to love you and all that. Yeah, it's human nature. And I feel like the times that I'm there jump in, not literally, but maybe jumping up and down, shouting almost, can't you see how she's treating me? Yeah. And to know that the other person wasn't being a safety net or yeah. wasn't being jumping in for, for my defense. Being a protector, or, yeah. being a parent, doing what a parent naturally should or do. Or listening to what I was saying or believing what I was saying or... The and bare it, minimum, yeah, all of this. Yeah, by and the... I think especially as a parent, I mean, I've been a parent now for nearly 29 years and I think really if one of my children were were to come to me and say, this is how I am being treated. They know for a fact, <laughs> I'm sure it's the reason they didn't tell me sometimes yeah. throughout their life, because I can remember my one son, God help him, was bullied so badly. And I can remember him saying to me, I didn't tell you because I knew you'd go storming into the school. Mm -hmm. And, and they knew that because in primary school, I was like a flipping Oh, bear. God, I would kill for you know, a mama bear yeah. or a mama lion who was going to have it out. I didn't yeah. care who it was down from a child up to the headmistress. I didn't care. <laughs> I'll fight a child yeah. for my yeah, child. Yeah. Give me a child. And no, I'm not <laughs> kidding. I would never, you know, do violence against another human being. But the, the idea that I would protect them yeah, come hell or high water. Yeah. I mean, no question. So like to know that that option wasn't available to me it just makes me incredibly sad it just makes me incredibly sad mm -hmm. and disappointed when i think i was asking i was telling mm -hmm. i was showing but that was never met with any kind of help or protection mm -hmm. or anything any kind of resolution or answers or Anything. anything and i think that alone the idea that you are literally but look but look there she is it's mind-blowing it's soul-destroying mm -hmm. and for much of my younger life by younger life i'm going to put that 30 and under i felt like i was going crazy mm -hmm. um, especially because like you were saying about other people not wanting to be on my not it's not even side but in my camp mm -hmm. because they were afraid of the repercussions it doesn't feel nice that you're sat in that camp alone oh, still no you know and especially because you weren't there because you chose to be there mm -hmm. i didn't go crawling away to sit by myself in that camp you were i was put in that camp yeah. you know what i mean so i think that's the difference but there's something else we need to talk about and i think this is something that does get my blood boiling a bit because I get so disappointed in myself really when I think about it. I just say to you, my listeners, don't be fooled. You know, once you see a narcissist, it doesn't mean that all of a sudden you have some kind of a superpower. It doesn't mean that you're automatically going to identify others because although narcissists have 
the same kind of tactics or very similar traits to them or how yeah. they treat people. Oh my goodness. You know, the, the process happens every single time. And I swear to you, I rarely beat myself up over stuff. Yeah. But when I finally realized that my mother was a narcissist and I could label her that, and I, I was very confident in it. Let's go back to what we talked about in the episode. I got, went through that phase of being very proud of myself, you know, stood up for myself, set boundaries, really felt healthy. It didn't mean the next time that I was going to encounter a narcissist that I had this system where things lit up in my brain or that sense yeah yeah, like I didn't all of a sudden have this sixth sense and as a result of that each time that I have encountered another narcissist I've fallen into the exact same trap yeah like I was hooked lined and sinkered (laughs) I'd like to (laughs) uh, by each one of them and by god is that soul destroying Mm -hmm. because you know, we were talking about this before. Yeah. You blame yourself. But I think what people need to understand is when you encounter a narcissist, they don't start out by saying, Oh my God, you're just so gross. I don't even know why. Or, Oh my God, you're going to wear that outside. Oh my God, you look fat. People don't start out as a narcissist. Mm -mm. Well, they do. They just hide it. Yeah. True. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. True. Like they don't, come out with their guns blazing of all the negativity and Mm -hmm. the passive aggressive remarks and the soul destroying, you know, uh, body shaming comments and all that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. It's like when, if you say to somebody, how could it be that you had one abusive relationship after another? Well, I'm going to say this and I'm not meaning it to sound flippant or I'm not minimizing the domestic abuse. What I'm saying is that person doesn't meet that other individual and immediately punch them in the face. It's, immediately start manipulating right. the dirt. You, immediately you start wouldn't stay with that person. No. Like you wouldn't stay with a person who begins as they mean to carry on. It starts very slowly. Even if you do get shocked by some of the comments made like early on, it still doesn't protect you from it because you still do fall into the trap. But I think that is part of narcissistic abuse as well. You're just more likely to unfortunately fall victim to it. I don't know. It's something about narcissists. They they deliberately choose their victims. Yeah, they like, lull you. They know, I, they know what they're doing. Yeah. They're, they're specifically charmers in the way that a lot of people say, oh, well, this person seems lovely, like the same way as people do about parents. Oh, but you know, your parents are so nice when I come over. Because they're putting on the same charm that got you like you say hook line and sinker in the first place yeah it's happened to me so many times friends relationships everything yeah and i think it's not just friendship relationships or partner relationships it can also be a step parent or an in-law relationship Mm -hmm. where once again you think gosh i had such a crap experience with my birth mother oh this looks amazing like this looks so different but don't be fooled because it can happen again and I think what's so hard when people might say one of my least favorite sayings that people say is don't take it personally I don't care what they're I don't care what they're no it's okay I don't care what they're referring to of course you're going to take it personally and I think especially when you have of course been in several narcissistic relationships and you realize 
that you are the common denominator, of course, you're going to think, what have I done? Or what have I, what signals have I given off? Or what have I said to them that made them believe that I would be an easy target or a next victim? I don't know. I I don't even know the answer to that. Me neither, but I think that is, again, another part of the narcissist plan of making you not believe yourself, making you doubt yourself, making you, putting you in a position where they can do whatever they want and you're you're not in a position to fight for yourself or fight your way out of it. And I think none of us want to believe like I think that's the thing like with the amount of times I have personally been burned in relationships due to narcissism Mm -hmm. people might think how could you even trust anybody and I think that is one of my greatest ironies in life is that I tend to trust people to not quickly is not the right word but I tend to be willing my willingness is very real and very genuine and I tend to do it from the beginning. Like rather than resist or be cautious, I tend to trust people too readily. And as a result of that, I open up my heart to be stomped on, spat out yet again. And I think people might, you know, be confused by that because you think that I might close the doors yeah, or but it can go either, yeah, either way. And I think that's why it happens though, because I do want to keep hoping. I do want to keep trusting. I know there's a risk at that, but if I didn't do that, I wouldn't be able to meet all the good people. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? I think some people choose to close off their heart thinking, right, I'm done. I'm done. That's me because even especially over the past few years, I've got to a point where I, it physically hurts to have to try and trust someone and even to be around people is difficult for me because it's literally got to a point where I can't like I I don't know how to there's very few people I trust and even then my brain still tells me that I'm still gonna get fucked over by them like every time regardless no matter how long how long it's been it's there still always is that thought that something's gonna happen or they're gonna do something awful or something yeah and i think i probably once sat in your or i was gonna say i've got a long way yeah and i think the thing for me i think i read a quote or saw read something somewhere that said something like if you close your heart off to whatever like the negativity yeah it's closed to all the joy and all the happiness and all the love and all the goodness too Mm -hmm. it's not like you have a sieve you know, that allows you just to let the good things in and let the bad things out. I mean, that would be amazing if we had that kind of a system, but sadly we don't. We need to talk to God about that for future developments. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Aston Plenty, still no answers, so, you know. (laughs) And I think in addition to this whole, like, we don't have superpowers, the other warning (laughs) that I would offer all of you listening is that be careful because once you have seen your narcissistic parents, oh boy, do the dynamics shift or even change completely. Yeah. Oh, they will not like your newfound awareness. They will not like you using your voice or showing, demonstrating your strength. No way, Jose, because surprise, surprise, 
they were feeding off of your of the power that they were using, mm-hmm. their the control, control. Yep. the manipulation. So if you're taking away all their favorite toys, <laughs> literally. They literally are. Like literally it's their favorite toys to play with. But you. they are. They are like toddlers yeah. in the way that they think it's very much. I will get my way regardless. And there is, as a warning, it is very, very difficult. It is good for you setting your boundaries and it's a brave thing to do, but still be prepared that you're probably going to get it even worse after that because you can not tell a narcissist that they're a narcissist or tell them that you understand what they're trying to do or you you know that you're, they're lying about certain stuff. And that it's a point that you said about setting the boundaries. I think what people need to know too is that you can set your boundaries, but it doesn't mean they're set forever. Like you need to be willing to adjust them or reset them or okay. redefine them or adjust them because you might, the stronger you get, the stronger boundaries that you might have, mm-hmm. you know, like that's just the way it works. It's not a once and done thing. Just like we were talking about no contact before. It's not like you say, I'm going no contact. And then your life is narcissistic free. I wish. God, I, I mean, I've still not, I've tried going, like we say in other episodes, I've tried so many times with so many different people, specifically parents and stuff, to try and go in no contact. I still haven't managed it. And even when you do, it doesn't mean that you're going to stop the narcissist from speaking. I was going to say, the, that's another thing I, mean? I would say. Even if you set your boundaries, yeah. don't expect them to be followed. I mean, do you they, know they probably expect them not to them? be followed. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, they're like the escape convicts. They like to jump over Absolutely. those fences They'll find the new wire. ways. They'll yeah. find new ways to get around the boundaries. They'll I'll t- just straight up tell you that you don't deserve to be respected enough to have those boundaries even looked at, never mind followed. So, you know, yeah. who knows what you But we get. keep trying. And like, yep. all I would say is it. having said all of that, which sounds like, you know, Debbie Downers are us in yep, some ways. Sorry. It doesn't. <laughs> no, but I think it's true. I think it's important to recognize yeah. all that truth. But I would also say on top of all of that, don't let it stop you. No. Like, don't let it stop you, even though... It doesn't fix everything, even though it doesn't change the narcissist. All those, even those, please don't let that stop you. Like continue to challenge them. Mm-hmm. Continue to keep your receipts. Continue to make clear boundaries. Continue to protect yourself and create distance if you need to. Yeah, We need to learn to trust ourselves. You need to believe in yourself. I mean, you did see the narcissist well done. Mm -hmm. And I mean, well, well done because you did see the narcissist. You can't unsee it. So what do you do? You act accordingly. And the last thing I want to say today, and I could cry just thinking about it before I say it is, and I am even saying this directly to Beth, because even though I tell her on a regular basis, I think everybody should be told at least once a day, I'm proud of you. I am proud of you. And I think everybody who's willing to go on this journey, as horrible as it can be, there is hope in it. There is hope. There's always hope in it. And that's why it's so important that we're creating this community because we need to remind one another that we can do this and to be proud of ourselves. Well, that's it for now. Thanks for hanging out with us. I hope you'll join us for future conversations. 
In addition to this podcast, you can find me and the Daughters Who Dare community on all social platforms. Please feel free to DM me on Instagram or email me at daughterswhodare at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you, listen to your stories, and know your topic suggestions. I will respond to every message. I'm so grateful that you decided to come on this journey with me. Let's continue to dare together.